Hey, it's Seeking Plum. Okay, a little housekeeping before we get started. I've been thinking about this for a while, but I feel like in previous episodes, or maybe from the beginning, that what I was attempting to do was create a not real-time virtual roundtable discussion. And I don't think I was successful in that. Some of the logistics of how I put an episode together have also changed. So with both of those things in mind, I, I am revisiting how I do things. And I just wanted to say first, thank you for your patience while I do this. And, and if you have feedback or things you do like or don't like, then please let me know. Okay, so this episode is going to contain calls in reference to the previous one entitled, In It Isn't Futile. Up next, we have Chaos, a first-time caller. Hey, Seeking. This is Chaos. I want to talk about the floor plan you mentioned in your comments and why you think it might have changed. I don't think it was just a fashion change. I think it was a change because culture has changed. In the past, wives would sit and they would cook in the kitchen while the men sat in the living room. And then eventually the wives would bring the food out and they would present it to the family and everyone would sit at the table. Wives don't stay home as much anymore now. They work, men work. The the process of making dinner and eating as a family has changed significantly. And in fact, some of that interacts through the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, all at the same time. And making it more open allows everyone to be involved in the entire process. But let's go back to the changes you were talking about. What are the big changes you want to make? What are the things that you want to influence I mean, you can only influence change based on you know the primal need that needs to be met to make that change. Okay, chaos. Open concept living spaces. Let's look at that first. I think that we could say both are true, that it is loosely called a fad as well as being affected by culture because obviously culture changes over time and that will affect our psychology and how we interact with people, what we want in our homes, you know, what kind of a family dynamic to some extent that we want. And that changes. So, I mean, loosely, we could say it's a fad. Next, you said something that I particularly like, and I think that it neatly sums up the meandering episode, It Isn't Futile. And you said you can only influence change when you know the primal need to be met. I think this is bang on, right? I I think that typically speaking, the primal need is very individual because we all have different needs that have been met already and different needs that need to be met. And we also have a tendency to come together with others who have the same need. But trying to influence change when you have multiple groups with different primal needs, whether you're defining primal as primitive or primary, either way, these groups all have something different that they need. So I guess then it comes down to what is your personal, what is your motivation? Like if you are the one who wants to influence change, what is it that you want to accomplish? Because you essentially have to choose your your horse in the race. If you were to ask me, okay, okay, you did ask me, what sweeping changes I want to make. That list is almost endless. But I think, I think it comes back to my <laughs> quote-unquote prime directive, and that is uh, I want the well-being for people, all people. I 
honestly believe that if individually we have our needs met psychologically, physically, etc., and we become healthier for it, then it trickles out, like it ripples out to affect others. And I think that changes our small communities, it changes uh, society, culture, and beyond. I think we end up being happier, more productive, we can make better progress because we're not competing against each other. So if we moved or shifted the perspective on money from being all of the things that I mentioned previously, it being about status or being about uh, merit or it being about you know, any number of things that we use money for and shifted it to being a tool to benefit people, I think that changes everything. Then it's not so much how much can we get into our pockets, but it's how can we benefit other people with it. I think, <laughs> I think this kind of sweeping change <laughs> in my lifetime is a pipe dream. There's no way it's going to happen instantaneously. It's not even going to happen very quickly, if it happens at all. And I think it's a tall, tall order to even hope that we could make that shift from money being everything else to being a tool. To shift a society or a world into being more people-oriented, I think, asks a lot. And shifting our perspective on money would be just one step. But I do think that if those shifts were made, it would change how we do government, how we do law enforcement, prisons, how we even look at tech, social media. You could go down an enormous list and say how things would change. But because it's such a tall order that may never happen, because you have, to, you have to find a group of people that are dedicated to it, and not just in the short term, in the long term. And I'm talking decades, potentially even longer than that, because it's not going to be a fast change. It would be very glacial. <laughs> so the dreamer in me has, <laughs> has pie-in-the-sky hopes and dreams, but I think more realistically we have to look at things that are more tenable. There's a quote I like that says, we are all cells in the same body of humanity by Peace Pilgrim. And I'd like to believe that if you make change in just a few cells, you can influence the whole. And if we're talking about sweeping changes like my pie-in-the-sky dreams here, then at some point... Beyond the individual, it takes some concerted effort by groups of people to push that so it does make a sweeping change. I think more than anything, what I want from this, <laughs> if you call it a conversation, is that I want people to know that there is hope if you want to see change, if you want to make change happen, and just because you have pie-in-the-sky ideas doesn't mean doesn't mean they can't happen, it just means that the finish line is further out and harder to see. Up next are a couple of calls from Good Vibes Jason in response to the episode, It Isn't Futile. He recommends a book about why we work, 
And then he accurately and appropriately reminds me that it's not the responsibility of the corporations to help us thrive, but that that's really on us. Hey, Seeking Plum, it's been a, quite a while since I've interacted and heard stuff from your station, and I'm glad I actually purposely looked for uh, see if you had anything new today. And it really caught my attention. There's a book called Every Good Endeavor. It's kind of a Christian book, but it's actually a very philosophical and on-the-border theological book that talks about the purpose and work and why we work, the value in work, and the dignity in work, and you know, how some people view work as a curse, you know, but then they're driven by, you know, the status, the money, the position, the comfort level, and the illusions of how that all interplays with our daily lives. Some people wish to work, some people can't work, some people want to work, but in the end, what is it doing for? Well, it works in several areas. One, it works with your body. Your body actually needs to work to do something, otherwise it th it does not thrive. And second, mental work you do need to challenge your mind the second thing is uh you know the mental work your mind does need to be challenged um it's there i don't want to say which studies have been done but i have heard of studies it's been quite a while that it shows that if the human body and mind does not be put to use it works against itself um you know, diseases and ailments uh, develop into um, a life situation where they can pass or they can no longer function as a human being. So um, with all the tech companies and what they're doing is, is we cannot eliminate all types of work. We have, you know, and they're not really responsible for our thriving, you know, but is responsible for us of how we use our dollar, our mind, our effort towards anything. I really enjoyed your episode and I'll just end with that. Up next is a call from The Morning Muse. That's Amazon Mom, U-S-E. And she talks about another area where we could use some sweeping change. You made so many great points um, in your latest episode about that it is not futile. And I so agree. But I also so agree that there is so much way overdue in the way of change. And I think especially the, the change needs to be focused primarily on education and career training for those who are often weeded out. The people that we learn about that are very successful, not just successful, but very successful in their respective career arenas that are people that have disabilities and or disabilities challenges are the exception, not the rule. And that needs to change. And the only way that'll change is if the entire system from the ground up is redesigned to be more inclusive. And that about wraps things up. If you would like to participate and share your thoughts or comments or questions, then you can use the anchor.fm free app on your phone and call me, or you can email me at seekingplumpodcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening.